Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bobblehead Podcast. We have um, a two-part today, and uh, we're going to start off the first part. We actually got a, uh, uh, a nice email from my listener, and uh, kind of back and forth on some ideas and some uh, feedback that uh, this gentleman had. And this is today's topic is based on that, and, and the topic is generally... You know, but I have a, a saying I have on my emails, and it's a short-term pain for long-term gain, and that's how when a lot of young people now expect instant gratification, they want immediate success, and the reality is that's just not really how things work. And uh, so we talk about that. We talk about the journey of entrepreneurship. We talk about the journey of of uh, learning new skills and not necessarily making a lot of money while I'm doing that, and what is the purpose of learning and going through hard times to actually get to good times. So uh, we're going to start with uh, part one of this and I hope you enjoy. So I, uh, I got up this morning and I didn't look at my calendar. Actually, I just glanced at it to see kind of what, what I do in the mornings. I look at my calendar and go, actually, I look at the night before and go, what have I got tomorrow? And, and then this morning I got up and said, okay, what was it? And I, I didn't look and see what it was. I just saw that I had, you know, three or four things on the calendar and I didn't look and see what they were. And so I just grabbed this shirt because I'm like, hey, at least we don't have a podcast today. And it was actually a podcast on we the do, calendar. And uh, this shirt is not the best for, yeah. for podcasts. So for, I, for, I got dressed and realized not, the same it's not thing. You, it's not YouTube friendly. And like, that's why like, I, I put a jacket over the top of this because I feel like between the two of us, like we will give somebody a grand mal seizure. Yeah. Could we're be. not careful. Yeah. Yeah. So like I just, I just threw the jacket over okay. the top of it because I wasn't going to change the shirt. Not a bad move. Yeah. I should have brought my I brought my kind of overcoat today. So it was chilly out. Yeah, I feel like that changed the whole vibe. Wearing your like your that trench coat, right? The the brown, the kind of be very Trump like camel, very Trump esque. Yeah, yeah, very stately. Yeah, yeah. The viewers would be confused. Maybe I'll take the Trump esque thing back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stately, that's that's yeah. probably that. That's you might yeah. want to avoid yeah. that topic for for the yeah, near for a term. little bit anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. So how was uh, I, I, since the last uh, podcast? How you been? Man, it was good. Like, it took a trip over to uh, over to Phoenix for oh, Grandpa's 90th birthday. Right. That, that was that was that, that was cool. weekend before last, right? Yeah, that was yeah. That was so you you kind of have to so quickly for the listeners kind of oh, tell man. that tell the a brief story about about how sometimes things that you expect to go one way go another. Yeah, it, which is I, I feel like is the story of my life and most people. But it's everybody's life, right? right? Yeah. Um, you know, we were taking a trip over to Phoenix, which is where the majority of my family, my mom's side of the family, uh, moved from Montana to, to Arizona mm-hmm. in the uh, in the '90s, and Grandpa was turning 90. And again, it was the first time where the, my family was kind of all convening. Together. And you were really, and you were really close to your v- grandpa, very much so. Yeah, and he he was a big part of big part of raising me. And so, but it, it was everybody was going to go right, and it was a quick trip. So we're like, let's not burn the cash on you know, $700 airline tickets times six. So it would just drive, right? Right. So I'm like, we have a, our Suburban has the Duramax diesel in it gets, you know, 25, 26 miles a gallon on the highway. And it was, as it got closer to the, to the trip, like the number of kids that was going kept dwindling, yeah. right? Like Caitlin would, you know, going on uh, spring break with, with her mom and the boys had sports. And so they just kind of ended up doing their own thing, but it was, it was me and Peyton. Get to about 10 o'clock the night before the trip and, you know, Peyton backs out, like uncer- <laughs> unceremoniously backs out, right? disappointing whatever he's 18 like he'll he'll figure right. it out like i'm not gonna yeah. i'm not gonna force sure. it so hop in the suburban four o'clock in the morning by yourself and, yeah and off like a rocket by myself yeah just off like a shot to phoenix yeah going well and again the good thing about that that suburban is it gets on the on the highway it gets 750 miles on a tank yeah that's what jamie's cayenne used to get yeah. on a diesel 
and which it's, a, is, it's a game changer. It, it really is, right? As long as you got def, as long as you got fuel, yep, like you're you're good to go. Just rock and roll. And I stopped twice in a 16 hour trip. I stopped twice. That's crazy, right? Like, I feel like road tripping, especially as a guy, if you're by yourself, it's about finding that perfect level of dehydration, right? To where it's like not causing like undue stress on your kidneys, right? But you don't have to stop and go to the bathroom more than yeah. twice in you know 16. Which I'm gonna trip. pause this. <laughs> Were you? You're probably not old enough. But I know in my generation, when you go when you go for a road trip, um, mom and dad always have the coffee can with the lid. Yeah. The Folgers coffee can. Did y'all have that? No. So, so we would do, and I think I know where you're going with this, the, the monsters with the lid that twists. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we had, we had the old, old school, like if you go to the grocery store, you've probably never had this, but there was something called Folgers coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It was pre-ground. The best part was, of waking up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so whenever you get through that, you keep the cans to store things in nuts, bolts, whatever. And so there was always a few extra and they had this little plastic lid that went on it. And so uh, if you're going a long distance, that's what mom and dad would bring. And it would always set in the floorboard. And if you had you had to go, then that's where you went. Yeah. Just the key to it was making sure you resealed the top really good. Yeah, that was, again, we, we did this a lot overseas. Like if you had, if you were on a, on a mission and had to go to the bathroom, like, you know, those big, those big monster cans, yeah. you know what I'm talking about with the twist top? See, I don't, I don't remember the twist tops. Yeah. And, and they're, I, they're probably 30 ounces of monster, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is like speaking of kidney failure. Um, yeah. And you just go to the bathroom. That's, that's but but again, in, in, and I, I've gone the way of like dehydration. Right. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, so back to the story, Sorry. just flying across up through, up through Amarillo over across Albuquerque. And I get, I'm going over the mountain pass in Arizona, right? Kind of in the middle of nowhere, not kind of in the middle of nowhere, like in the middle of nowhere. And I got about 40 miles left, 50 miles left. All of a sudden the suburban just wigs out, goes into limp mode, throws like multiple codes, like sets you know the, it comes up and it says 165 miles until the engine just shuts off completely yeah call on star you know and of course like limp it into the dealership in, in mesa arizona and and leave it there and don't know what's going to happen you know enjoy the weekend but kind of the sh- shroud of like you what texted the me like i'm probably gonna not bring yeah, this as, thing as soon as i dropped out because they're like we can't even get to it till monday and i got there on thursday evening lisa was flying in that night because she had a business meeting that day so just trying to get it all figured out. Right. And mm. we ended up getting it fixed. The good news is they fixed it on Saturday or Sunday morning, like when it was supposed to be closed. But the bad news is of course that little asterisk on, you know, bumper to yeah. bumper limited uh-huh. warranty. Uh-huh. Apparently with diesels it's, is th- those are above the bumper though. If you notice yeah. those, <laughs> right. Yeah. Sits just above the bumper, just above the bumper wiring harnesses and, um, sensors for diesels are not part of bumper to bumper warranty. Okay. So, you know, lucky me, they could fix it. You know, they, my my yeah. my savior, uh, to the tune of you know twelve hundred bucks or yeah. whatever it was. It's only money, but I and look at all that money you saved on the flights, dude. And I I had I'd already booked tickets to fly home on Sunday, yeah, because we got to be back, right? Like, sure. like we got kids, we got life, we got everything yeah. to be back for, and I was just gonna sort it out and fly back whenever it was ready, and then and then make the marathon trip right. home. But instead, we got it, took off at eleven, tried to make it home, but man, it would that was a brutal, a brutal yeah. oh. trip. But it was stopped in slap in the middle of nowhere in the panhandle of was Texas. It Childress, right? Childress, yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing, that drive. nothing. Yeah. Found himself a red roof in and like back to the suburban, like up to the door yeah. of the red roof in. <laughs> right. And got some sleep and, and yeah. drove in. But you know, it was, you know, a series of mild inconveniences. And the, but it, it was the weekend was so awesome. So I say with that being said, oh my man, it was it was so cool. And, and you and I talked. I was nervous that I didn't want like my mom's passing to be the focal point of this, like grandpa's right. turning 90 and, and 
family from all over the country is flying in. I mean, from literally from Montana, from Alaska, from North Dakota, everywhere. Everybody's coming in to celebrate Grandpa's 90th birthday. And to my to my family's credit, they didn't say a word. They didn't they didn't yeah. even bring it up at all. You know, like when I hugged my aunts for the first time, like you know, it was like a hug, like I I see you, I, I love right, you, kind right, of thing. Right. But like we let the the most important thing be the most important yeah, thing. Yeah. And and it was beyond anything I could have even imagine in terms of like that quality of time with my family that I don't get to see all that often just because of life. Right. And I live a 16 hour suburban right away. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was beyond anything I could have hoped for. That's really cool. Yeah. That was a, um, and you and I, and this is, we won't get into it today, but we talked about that moment that you had to be able to talk about your grandpa Oh yeah, and we like someone that won't go into it today and it's personal and emotional for you. But uh, man, that's, I hope one day that we get to experience that, right? Um, that was a really cool experience and well worth all the trouble and everything you mm -hmm. went through to get out there was worth that. And and I, and that, tell me this, when you went out there, you didn't expect for that moment to be as awesome as it was, right? Yeah, you know, and, and again, there was there was some fear, not of, you know, having to talk about, you know, my mom passing mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but like letting that detract away from the moment. Mm -hmm. And it didn't right and, and it was it was exactly what it needed to be yeah, yeah um and and the focus was on grandpa and we had a great time with the family like really truly you know that side of the family is they're just good quality people that's and, awesome uh, yeah well it, congratulations it with food that. for the soul kind of stuff number yeah, one cool. on on a great weekend but on actually getting home yeah and i've always said you know i tell the kids this all the time is you know when you take a trip or a vacation especially the things you remember are never the things that went right mm-hmm Right, the stories that you come back are all the things that didn't happen that you expected, that you thought would happen didn't happen, or the things that you thought would never happen did. Um, that's the stuff that you remember trips by and vacations by. Is you know what about the trip? Oh, that was the trip that this happened. Yeah, and it was never we took this great guided tour, and you know it was never that. It's when you know things you know the boat you're in swamped and. You had to swim back to shore and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. that being said, so that same weekend, we're kind of transition us, we got an email. We did. From a listener. Yeah. That was really cool. So, you know, when we do this, you know, we we do this for a couple of reasons. We do it for us, this podcast for us. It's good for us. But we also, you know, one of the reasons and the purposes of the podcast is what would I tell myself, you know, look back, what would I tell 25-year-old Tim or Davin or whatever, or 30-year-old or whatever. What is it that we we learned along the way that I wish I would have known? So we're trying to impart some wisdom so that someone maybe doesn't have to go through exactly what we went through to learn what we learned, have learned at this point in life. And so um, so with that being said, we love feedback. And so we got a, a great email. And uh, you want to just kind of talk through that? Yeah. And I think part of what makes a good podcast, right, and something that people can relate to is we don't speak from a point of authority on anything. Oh, we, we do our best to speak God from, knows from a right. point of like yeah. experience, right? And a point, right. And a point of empathy and like share stories that we know that people can relate to. And so it was um, Arthur Caslow um, reached out to us and, and shared a story. Um, he was a you know collegiate athlete and, uh, you know, kind of went through some of the similar recruiting struggles that Peyton had gone through. And, and he, sh he shared his story and his journey that, you know, is, is ahead of where Peyton is and what Peyton's getting ready to go into. And, and it was, it resonated on both sides, right? right. And, and it was cool. And, and I shared that story with Peyton. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. And, and Peyton thought it was it was awesome too. And and it was those kind of cool moments of connecting connecting with an audience, right? Yeah. And, and we 
went back and forth on that and then asked him what he wanted to hear. Yeah. Right? If there was an episode that he wanted to hear. And, yeah. And he, so first of all, thank you, Arthur, for, for feedback, right? And for reaching out. And we highly encourage anyone that listens to this that feels like they want to reach out, please do. Because we, as Arthur knows, we email back and forth some and we do respond. Um, so, but, you know, Arthur had a, an idea for, uh, for a podcast and I thought it was an excellent yeah. idea. And so you want to introduce it or? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, might butcher the words a little bit, but basically, you know, the, the struggle with the younger generation to bypass instant gratification and play the long game. Right. right. And, and how you need to, again, be willing to forfeit some short-term creature comforts for long-term success. Right. And, and yeah. I think you, you, that's part of your signature line, right? It so is. I know that it's something that's very near and dear to you. Yeah. So if, on, if, um, if you've ever gotten an email from me at the bottom of my email, I have two things. I have a Colby score for those that know Colby, they'll know who, what kind of wacko they're talking to. <laughs> um, and secondly is I think it's, uh, um, short-term pain for long-term gain yeah is uh, is kind of my thought and and it, it it goes back to if if you're an entrepreneur or no one um, that resonates with you just because you know when, when you're young there's two ways to look at your career one is how can I make a lot of money now um, and another way to look at it is I want to build something so that I can make really good money later. Right. And, uh, you know, we, where we live, we live in a place, there's a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of very successful people that, um, you know, work in the corporate world, uh, have entrepreneurs are, you know, all kinds of folks. But what's interesting is, and even in our friend group of the people that Jamie and I hang with, you know, we have people that are entrepreneurs. We have people that have worked for other people their whole lives. And, um, you know, what I want to say up front is there's, there's no wrong way, right? Either way you go, you can be happy. And it, it just really comes down to what do you want? So, you know, we have a lot of friends that, uh, you know, early in their careers got great jobs, great paying, high, high paying jobs. Um, and, you know, looking at the total amount of money they've made over the careers to date has been pretty incredible. Um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, and then you look at the entrepreneurs and, and it's, it's funny because a lot of the entrepreneurs that I know that are friends of ours kind of went through the same things that Jamie and I went through. And that is a lot of ramen, a lot of ramen noodles the first few years. And, and so the, the more I talk to, um, people that have gone through the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial route, starting companies from scratch, uh, or bought companies and, you know, had to really try to make it early on in life, uh, all have the same story. And that is really had to decide, you know, what I want to do and what am I passionate about this business or this product or my skills. You know, if you think about it, um, in a way, physicians, a lot of physicians, we have some physician friends uh, that, you know, once you go through, you know, your undergrad then you go through and, and become an MD, um, and then try, you know, and a lot of people think, oh, you get out of medical school and immediately you jump in and you make all this money. And that's just not the case. You have to build a practice like everyone else. And, you know, that it, those first two to three to four years are really lean. And, you know, you're usually renting a house or living in an apartment and people think that you're making all this money and really you're coming home to rice and beans at night. And, and the, the crux of it is this, is 
you know, especially if you're younger and you're trying to think about what do I want to do with my life and is, uh, you kind of need to decide. And, and that decision is this is, do I want to get a great job and make some great money now? Um, and you know, just have a career or do I want to be an entrepreneur and do I want to, am I willing to go through some hardships for three to five to seven years or whatever that number is and, you know, own a business, but the people that are working for you are making more money than you are and you're scrapping by and, and wondering every day when you get up, is it worth it? Right. And so there's a lot of going back to my saying, there's a lot of pain uh, early on with that. And, um, you know, but knowing that, knowing the route that you're taking, if, you know, there's a lot of risk involved and nothing's guaranteed, but the hope is, is that you're working towards something that will give you a return. So it's anything in business and life, you know, it's really about risks is those that are willing to take the risk, um, have a chance for the reward. And I'll make sure everybody understands that is, you know, you just going through the pain and going through the hardships does not guarantee success. Uh, there's a lot of people that go through that, that don't make it, that fail. And you have to go through, go through those times knowing that that could happen. But, um, if you're willing to do that and you make the right decisions or when you make the wrong decisions, being able to pivot, which all podcasts we've talked about in the past, um, you know, it, you can, it can lead to big things. And, you know, I can attest to that is, you know, I can remember, um, man, early on when, you know, before even the, the kids were born and just, you know, you know, I'm old, so the money doesn't mean the same thing, but, you know, I can remember my first, my first job, I think I was making 28,000 a year. And one of my roommates started off and this was big money back in 89, 90 was, um, when my roommate started off at 75,000. Wow. And went to work for this really big bank doing consulting and, and he was a brilliant guy. I mean, he deserved it. Um, but man, I, you know, I started off and, um, it was, I was cold calling door to door and, you know, not unlike what our friend Mike Kelly did very similar, but not straight commission, but, um, it's very similar and had to figure things out. Then when I started the company, um, you know, I wasn't starving, but I wasn't going on vacations every year either. And so, you know, I look back at my friend that started out doing 75, making 75,000 a year and he's working here. Gosh, how many years ago was that? 35 years ago, give or take 34. Um, in that, you know, he's still working for the same bank and he's probably making 175 a year now and uh, will probably retire at the bank. And that's cool. And that's yeah. great. Um, but you know, I, that's, that's number one. I didn't have that opportunity. Um, cause he was way smarter than me, but you know, I was willing to work hard. And so because of that, you know, the results from me are that I'm not stuck at someone else's mercy, you know, working for someone else, hoping I get a raise. Right. Yeah. And so I determined my own raise, but I was willing to take that. I was willing to take that risk. And part of that, I was willing to take the risk number one, because I didn't have too many choices. And so I had to do that because I wasn't that smart that I had to go the route of, I was a sales guy. And so I had to, I had to go the sales route. Um, and not saying that salespeople are not smart, but, uh, it's, it's, if you want to succeed, 
one of the best ways to succeed is learn to sell because yeah. you look, cause you sell, no matter you sell, you're an operations guy and you have to sell. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a risk and you eat what you harvest. Right. And so, uh, you know, if you're young and you're listening to this, one of the, one of the decisions you're going to have to make is, you know, am I willing to take a job that doesn't pay as much money, but I learn a lot from, um, or do I go after the big money and, you know, maybe don't learn as much, but I'm really good at what I do, but I'm not pushed. And, and that's a big decision to make. And it's hard, especially when you're young and especially if you're single, man, that's a, that's tough. That's yeah. a tough decision because it, that, that money that you can see out there and that paycheck that you could get is a big draw, man. It's a pull. It'd be hard to turn down. I completely understand that. Um, anyway, so that, that's, that's a little bit about kind of what I, not too much detail, but going back to Arthur's question, it's a decision you have to make and every person makes a decision for themselves. And once again, there's no wrong answer. There's no bad way to go about it. But I know that if I would, if I were to start over again, you know, people have asked me, what would you do different? I probably would have gone to work for a really big company for a couple of years. Um, if I could have got that job, which I tried, <laughs> didn't get, um, just to do nothing but learn how things are done. Okay. Cause I literally went into this thing, having to figure everything out on my own. You know, I'm very thankful to my dad for his company. I learned a lot, um, but it was a very small company and very limited operationally. Um, the way things are done, kind of figure out as we go along. Not bad, but I had to, it, it, my learning curve was much longer than if I would have gone to work for a big company and learned how they do things so that I could replicate some of those things in my own way. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think in the context of what Arthur talked about is, the unwillingness or the inability of younger generations to play the long game, right? To they 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 go for short term success, and if it doesn't happen to grasp, then they they struggle for to, for for long term success. So yeah. for you, what was it that kept you going? What was it that got you past that short term to go for the long term? Um, I would say a mortgage payment, uh-huh. and um, and a pregnant wife. Okay. Yeah, that was that was uh, the things that motivated me that and, and once again, I was and I look back and, you know, in the in the time that I was there, you know, here's the here's the reality of it. I didn't have good, great grades. I, I didn't I don't do school. Well, I'm one of those kids that doesn't test well. Um, and I believe it or not, I actually tried really hard and I came away with like a I can't remember what my GPA was. It was in the mid twos. Right. Um, but I, but strangely enough, and it, people go, oh, you didn't try I really tried for that. I mean, I really tried hard and that's what I wound up with. I'm just not a great, I'm, I'm not one of those people that naturally does well in school. Okay. Um, because of that, it was a handicap for me in that, um, you know, the school I went to didn't have a great network, um, of people to go find it. So, so I literally had to go do something that I didn't have a, a lot of opportunities other than that to do. Okay. Um, but because of that, I did learn a ton. So I was kind of thrown into it. And I, so the answer to your question is I didn't have a choice. Skin right? in the game. I, I had, is what it sounds I, like. I, right? I had to do it. I didn't like have, you, you had skin in the game. You had somebody else that you had to live for. I did. Right. I did. And it's such an interesting topic. And there's a generational component to this. I think that we can, we can discuss here in a little bit, but part of what I think 
we expect as especially younger generations we think progress is linear yeah right? we think that, that that it's going we're going to gradually get better over in, in small periods of time and our income and our experience and thus our worth is going to get higher and higher as, as time goes on right but unfortunately it doesn't really work that way yeah. right it, especially as an entrepreneur right it, it's it's peaks and its valleys yeah. right and, and i think that's one of the biggest differences between somebody like me as an operator somebody like you as an entrepreneur is is mine is tends to be more linear than yours right where yours right. your your ceiling is potentially significantly higher because of the skin of the game that you have mm-hmm. but you know it, it's you you also experience short and long-term struggles and strife that i I'll, I'll never know because i don't i don't have the money invested into the business that that right. you have right